0: Hey, caffeinators! welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. The Vet Tech Cafe is a podcast centered around veterinary technicians and nurses, hosted by myself, Dave Cowan, and my good friend, Jeff Backus. We strive to discuss current issues facing our profession and give our colleagues a voice and a medium to enter into these discussions. Our guests are experts in the veterinary field that we hope can help our listeners work towards dealing with these issues, as well as coming up with solutions that can lead to change. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the Vet Tech Cafe, please contact us at vettechcafe at gmail.com or you can find us at our website, vettechcafe.com. One thing we would ask of you, our listeners, is to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're not exactly sure how or why this helps us, but apparently it does. So without further ado, come on in, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and get ready for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe.
1: At cafe where we are still not the official podcast of any professional sports league, and probably never will be. But come on,
0: have, have a positive attitude. Uh, <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe. Yeah, I know. I guess, guess we do. Right at
0: some point, need to send an email to somebody.
1: Yeah, we we actually <laughs> need to ask if we could be before we <laughs> before we say they turned us down. Right. We'd like to thank all of our caffeinators for um, continuing to support us and repping our merchandise. Dave's been working really hard. He just put some new stuff up. week and i think some more stuff today in the store so check that out and to our patreons thank you for for all your continued support and advice and recommendations we really appreciate all that Uh, and just continuing to download and follow us and liking and subscribing to all of our channels if it's your first time at the vet tech cafe Cafe, we're glad you're here you can head over to www.vettechcafe.com To find out all about Dave and I, who we are, why we're doing this, Um, lots of cool links and resources there. And if you like what you see and you like what you hear, please like and subscribe and leave us a review. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like. Or, as we always say, if you have ideas for episodes, people you think we should talk to, topics you want to see covered, obviously we don't know everybody, we haven't thought of everything, and those are some of our best episodes when when some of our calf neighbors write in with suggestions or, or idea topics. So we always really, really appreciate that. Um, Dave, how's it going out in North Carolina? What's on your mind?
0: It is kind of wet and cold here. Probably not quite as wet and cold as it is in Southern California. I know you guys have been dealing with some flooding, but you, you said earlier, it sounds like the rain is kind of stopping there. So that's good. Yeah. But yeah, just plugging away here, working, starting yeah. to to ramp up to, I have a lot of speaking engagements this, this spring, um I did some v s p n courses uh I spoke with Charlotte earlier this week about getting some free registrations for my next v s p n so look out for that. We'll be posting that soon to to get that going. I believe that is oh gosh when is it February second so it's in a couple of weeks um but we'll get some free registrations set up for that but Fantastic. lots of travel, lots of speaking, which you know that's something that in my career now I'm trying to trend more towards doing that as opposed to Working in the floor so much because I'm old and I don't like <laughs> I don't like doing the stuff that I could do 20 years ago.
1: Right. But, right. Yeah. Train, train other people to do. Yeah. It. <laughs>
0: exactly. I'd I much rather train people to do the hard work and and just watch them and watch them yeah. succeed than yes. you know every now every time I get on the floor now I'm like oh it's gonna take me a little while yeah. to get back up.
1: Yeah. You gotta think. You gotta. Plan I gotta that plan that yeah. out. Yeah.
0: Um, but, but things are going good here. How are you, how are you guys doing out there?
1: Uh, good. It's actually sun is out today, which, uh, so, you know, I live in Southern California where we go months, literally usually seven to nine months without a drop of rain. And we have had more rain the last few weeks than, than I can remember really (laughs) in in a consolidated period like this. And the sun is out today, which is probably the first time in at least a week, which I, I mean, you know, me, I love weather. I love the rain. So I've loved every minute of it. Of course, it's uh, there's been a lot of devastation and flooding and all of those kinds of things really throughout the state. Um, so obviously cognizant of that. But I, I have really enjoyed all the cold and the, the rain. Looks like we're done for at least a few days. So that's probably a good thing dry out a little bit. Nice. Um, and I also did want to say, too, you know, we mentioned this on our last tap room, uh, but we probably should say it each episode till we go. We're meeting in Arizona yep. uh, mid-March. We're going to take in some spring training, probably do a live or a tap room or something there from a brewery or, or something. But we would love to see some Arizona caffeinators. So if you're in or around the Phoenix area, um, as we get some more details together, maybe we'll uh, find a brewery and we can you know, plan to be there at a specific time and, and see if anybody wants to come by and say hi and have a beer and just, just chat and hang out. If not, we'll just uh, drink so ourselves. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we're going to be there the nineteenth. We get in on Sunday, and we'll be there till Wednesday morning, the twenty-second. So and we're we're leaving early, before. so don't
0: expect to see us early, we're early. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, Wednesday's out. Yeah. but uh, unless you're in the airport, if you're Tuesday, in the airport, we'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Monday, Tuesday, we'll be around and uh, and hope to see at least a few of you. So um, another really great episode coming to you today. You know, part of our mission, Dave, is to highlight veterinary technicians that are kind of like blazing their yeah. own path and doing their own thing. And I think today's episode is, is right in line with that. We have Brian Goldman coming by the Vet Tech Cafe today, who's an RVT and has been the lead specialty surgery technician for five years, specializing in radiographs and bandaging. Uh, he founded Brian's Bandage in 2021 after kind of discovering a lack of quality bandaging CE uh, available online. So he's currently working with veterinarians, vet techs, and animal organizations all over the world to bring quality and comfort to animals. And, you know, bandaging is one of those things. I think it combines the art of veterinary medicine and the science of veterinary medicine. If you do it and do it right, it can be absolutely wonderful and it can also go horribly wrong. So We'll talk a lot about that today. But, Brian, thank you so much for taking some time out to come by the Vet Tech Cafe. First off, um, what can we get you for a cup of coffee or caffeinated beverage of choice?
2: I will have the largest iced coffee with whatever flavoring you have. <laughs> it has to be iced, though. I'm from New England. I love my Dunkin'. <laughs> Year-round yep. iced coffee. As big I'm, as you can make it.
1: I was just going to say, it sounds like a true New yes. Englander. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there can be two feet of snow on the ground walking to high school, and I will still hold on to my iced <laughs> beverage.
1: Yeah, I, that that was uh, that was eye opening for me when I moved to Massachusetts, and it was like my first winter. And just seeing, I mean, I remember it was a it was a blizzard, and you know, the the night before, and the first thing in the morning when it was in the the negative teens. I went to Dunkin' Donuts and I mean, I thought I was being super adventurous going out, you know, the morning after a big snow and <laughs> it was so cold. And I was like, no, this is just, this is just life out yeah. here for people. And, yeah. <laughs> and everybody that was, that was in line or the drive-thru was getting iced coffee. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: didn't, I didn't realize the iced coffee in New England thing was such a thing until I moved out of New England and exactly. having an iced coffee yes. in, in 30 degree weather and people were like, what are you doing? Like. <laughs> I'm drinking my coffee. Yeah. What do you want?
1: <laughs> I'm living my life. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, if you don't mind, uh, we always kind of have our guests start off, take us through your career path. What got you into veterinary medicine? Some stops along the way that kind of steered you down your career path, and then we'll uh, we'll jump off from there. Well, what's funny
2: is I had never imagined myself in a veterinary field whatsoever. I was actually a zookeeper in South Carolina for three years. And my wife, uh, my now wife at the time, we're dating in South Carolina. She got a job up here at a zoo, up in uh, Washington, D.C. area, at a zoo. And so I just followed her. And I just uh, applied to the nearest animal hospital just to kind of pay the bills, clean some cages, walk some dogs. And then I did not realize it was an emergency veterinary service. And they handed me a stethoscope. (laughs) <laughs> and i had to figure it out <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that that sounds very vet med <laughs> yes it does <laughs> figure <Yes>. it out a
2: <laughs> yes. uh, dog even they handed me a leash on my first orientation day walking the floor and someone just asked me to hold a leash and the dog started seizing immediately oh, wow and i panicked i had no idea what to do
1: oh my god
2: and so everyone started rushing towards me and helping out and i just kind of stood there like what did I just get hired into?
1: (laughs) What is life right now? (laughs) Yeah, so then
2: uh, I enjoyed it. I loved being on my feet. I loved the thrill of an ER technician. I was that for about a year and a half. And then I uh, created a really special uh, friendship with uh, the chief of surgery in our specialty surgery department. And a job opened up, and I moved up there. And I didn't really realize what I was going to be doing up there, but then he told me it was a lot of bandaging and radiographs and i told him up front i have never put on a bandage before (laughs) and he goes i will always remember this he said you'll learn and then he walks away from the dog i'm about to bandage
0: yep (laughs) yep yep yep
2: (laughs) and so i was just that for the next four years
0: nice awesome
2: awesome
0: and so and you said earlier you you lived in in nashua so what brought you down to south carolina
2: So I actually kind of moved all over the place. I went to school at Ohio State for three years. I was just a a physical anthropology major, focused in primate behavior, loved uh, big primates, gorillas, uh, then got a zookeeper job down in South Carolina, then moved there and moved up uh, to the D.C. area with my wife.
0: Wow, that's great. And something we always ask our, our, our guests here is, as a technician how do you see the profession? How do you view it right now? What do we need to work on? What's working great? What what can we do more of? And, and what are the things that we need to fix?
2: Well, right now, I think the veterinary technician position is in such an interesting state. Like we're finally getting the, or trying to get the pay that we deserve. We're setting up boundaries for ourselves. It's kind of trending in that direction where all these new and upcoming emergency hospitals are really focusing on mindfulness and wellness and the uh, quality of the technician and really looking out for them instead of just asking them to overachieve over and over and over again so I think everything's trending in the right direction I've only really been in this field and I've only really worked at one hospital but I am part of all these online communities that seem to be really positive I know some of the job some of the job descriptions are really uh, can be negative you know you're working the long hours you're burned out, you're tired. But all these new trends seem to be trending in the right direction where they're kind of just highlighting positive attitudes and really um, just mindfulness.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and it's funny, uh, Jeff, I was going to mention to you that we should maybe do a tap room about this, is that NAFTA came out with their demographic survey. I don't know if you got the email for that. And the thing that surprised me most was that the median average but the medium pay for veterinary technicians that took the survey was over $25, which to me, I was like, wow. I mean, yeah. Working relief. I I make more than that now, that now based on, you know, benefits and all that stuff. But as a technician, even as a VTS, I don't think I ever made over $25 an hour, which I thought was amazing. But I mean, if that, if that's what it is now, then I mean, that's great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think so. And and it, it did talk about, you know, I think one of the other, the kind of interesting things briefly about that survey was the longevity, you know, now granted this was their, their typical NAVTA member, but that was, you know, somewhere, I think, I think around, right around 14 years, which we know we have in kind of an average shelf life of five to seven years. And I guess I just attribute that to a lot of people that come into the field and they just are starting out, maybe they're not, they don't know about state organizations or the national organization and they don't really become members or, or maybe they do and then and they still leave. But those that are members of those organizations, maybe are just the more that are, you know, in the field for the long haul, if you will. I, yeah. I found that kind of interesting and we'll talk more about that. I think maybe in another episode, yeah. but yeah, it was some some interesting data that, that came out of that. And I, I think kind of what Brian's is talking about kind yeah. of, I think is represented in, in some of that too.
0: Yeah. Well and I think just healthcare professions are like that in general that they're they're kind of focusing on mental health and focusing on well being like like you yeah. said. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. hopefully that trend continues.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so you know, you mentioned in there kind of starting out or, or taking a new job in the in the surgery service was that just an opportunity that kind of presented itself, or were you already like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of seeing this going on, I'd I kind of like to see, and maybe keeping an eye out for that job? Like, where did your interest in bandaging and, and all of that kind of come from, or was it really just kind of all of a sudden there was an opportunity and that really just grew into where you're at now?
2: Well, it started as just an opportunity. It truly was. I would love to do any job as long as I'm surrounded by people that I really enjoy working with. And I really enjoyed working with the surgery team from being an ER tech. And so I just wanted to be a part of that team. So I went over to that service. And then I was surrounded by all of these bandaging opportunities, whether it was an intricate fracture or is a gnarly wound that all of a sudden it was my job to help heal. Like I was really hands on with it. I loved just the clear fixing ability of doing a good bandage. Like you just saw immediate results. And you could see it over time as well. And just the connections that I had with owners, they'd have to come in for their bandage changes quite often. And the connections I had with those pets, I really just got a real buzz off of working in the surgery (laughs) department. And that just that just uh, fueled my motivation to be the best that I could be.
0: Yeah. And it, it, I, I, it's something that I've said all along. Well, not all along, but more recently, I'm starting to realize this that the people that last longer in this profession are the ones that do things like that, where they cross train in different departments and find a different passion. Like, you know, when I was in GP, I was, I was kind of stuck in GP for like 10 years. And I, I, I realized that when I moonlighted at an ER practice that, I learned a lot more and I was more engaged in what I was learning. And I I think people that that do what you did and and go to a different department and learn something new, I I think that just fuels our passion and and keeps us longer in the field. I think we need to be doing a lot more of that.
2: There's just so much in this field that you can learn, like you'll never know all of it. So I definitely recommend to to all the caffeinators out there, always stretch yourself, try and learn new skills, try and learn something new because- like me, you'll never know what your passion is unless you branch out yeah. like that. Yeah. For sure. Excellent advice. For sure.
1: And you know, and, and that it's okay for that to change. I mean, if you're doing something for five years that you really, really, really enjoy and it, it's just gotten kind of stale, it's okay to find something else that, you know, like that that's natural for that passion or that interest or, or what you may be into at that time for that to, to kind of change or grow as you do. And that doesn't mean that you're, you know, if you don't want to do ER anymore that you're done with vet med, Either you can do anesthesia, you can do surgery, you can do off though, you can work in a lab, you can do so yeah. many different things. And, and I, I think that's, that's really the key is not just realizing when you're, you know, you're, you're kind of stale at your job that you just, you don't have to leave. There are so many things that you can do and still be a veterinary technician and still be under that
0: umbrella. Yeah. So Brian, talk about your talk about Brian's bandages. Brag, brag on yourself a little bit. What awesome. what uh, what led you to start it? What you do? I I know that you've got some instructional videos. So so kind of talk about that a little bit.
2: So Brian's bandages started, I think, a year after COVID really hit. So it was 2021, and I was starting to get extremely burned out, as most other uh, facilities yeah. out there. We were short-staffed. Yeah. We are having to run outside. We were. I was just exhausted. And I was trying to find good things of like, like my work, it made a difference. And what I started doing was taking pictures of all of my patients and their bandages. And then at night, I would go home and I would look at those pictures. And I'd be like, I really helped that animal today. Or I really helped uh, walk that owner through the steps of how to take care of this bandage. And then I really wanted to like, just kind of have a place to put those pictures. And so I started putting those pictures online as Brian's bandages, and then people really liked what they saw. So I started doing instructional videos on how I made those said bandages, and then people had lots of questions that went on. And so I was like, oh, there's like a real desire to learn how to bandage Hmm. out there. And then so I started looking for videos and CE, and I really couldn't find anything Hmm. recent. It, like, like there was a lot of videos from like 2010 and like 2005 <laughs> and stuff like that, and it just seemed that the techniques that I was using were different. And it's not to say that the other techniques were wrong. It was just like what I have found to do, what I was doing works, and so I really wanted to see if it could work for other people, and uh, it just kind of took off from there.
0: Yeah, and it, it's not that the the way that they were doing it was bad. It's that. Things change, right? The, we we learn and, yeah. and and develop newer techniques, which you, yeah. I mean, when I first started putting bandages on on patients, it's a lot different than, than when I first started. and That was twenty five ish years ago. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's that it's that uh,
1: adage, you know, know better, do yeah. better. I, I mean, you know, like it it should we should learn it should evolve. Do you primarily do small animal? Do you do any large animal at the at either the clinic you're working at or like any large animal instructional, or is it all small animal?
2: I have no large animal experience, but gosh, would I love to go work with some horses! <laughs> I would absolutely die if anyone wants to invite me to their farm to hang out. I can lift some hay, not too much hay. I. You guys are talking about how you guys are getting old in this field, and I'm currently talking with the uh, the heater in my car on my lower back, and it's not yeah, cold. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, if you want to come down here and bandage up some of my horses, feel free. I got, I got, I got three great. you can work on.
2: <laughs> oh, that sounds great. And so,
0: you also have like some instructional videos that are on on YouTube.
2: Yes, yes. So, did all this
0: sort of develop like you? Like you made the the Instagram stuff and then you're like, I should be doing videos for this. How did that all play out?
2: Yeah, people asked, uh, they wanted videos. And so I had no idea how to do that without having someone stand with me. And that just felt weird. I didn't want to ask someone to just videotape (laughs) me. So my little brother works in tech and he told me about this just like clip on arm that extends over our wound table and then it just holds my phone. And so it's just like a sky view of it. And I'm very self-conscious because I did a bandage once and then it was completely just on the back of my head. And I was like, ah, come on. So I had to like tinker tinker with it. I was like, that was 20 minutes just down the drain. So uh, I really uh, had to tinker with that. And then I edit my videos myself. And so I also had to uh, it was a fun little project with iMovie and just learning how to edit videos, and so this ended up being like a great coping uh, like project that really like I was super passionate about. And so I would come home from work and I'd just start get to work getting to work on editing videos.
1: Did you ever have any? I guess I'll use the word pushback from, from your hospital, from, you know, the doctor you were working with or superiors or managers, or were they like, as long as you had permission, like they were super supportive of it. Did, did you ever have any, any problems with that? Any roadblocks there? Uh,
2: I wouldn't call it a roadblock. I believe the term was, they were just a little bit skeptical at first that sure. what I was doing was worth it. Cause it did start as just pictures and everything like that. And, I never wanted it to be about promoting myself as a human being. I know my name, Brian's Bandages, is the title, but I really never wanted it to be about me. I wanted it to be about the bandages. And so I explained what I wanted to do, and then I showed them an example of a video that I had made. And they they gave me their full support. As long as I had the owner's permission to post about their animal, I had their full blessing to do so. And, um, they've been very supportive.
1: And do do you ever have, do you get a lot of owners that say no, or, or that, you know, turn down that opportunity or or do you find most of the time they're like, actually, that's a really cool idea. And they're like super into it and tell all their friends and all that good stuff.
2: I've never been told no. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: they, I think all owners want to show off their pets because their pets are the cutest.
1: It's so true. And,
2: And they want their pet out there. So, and then I think a lot of owners I found, they really don't know what goes into putting on a bandage. All they see is the outside. Yeah, right. That's all they see. They don't really know. One of the most uh, popular questions I get asked is, can I just do this at home? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I don't think they understand everything that goes into making a bandage. And so when they see the videos, they go, oh my gosh, like that's, it's truly yeah. beautiful mm-hmm. putting on a bandage. And it really is intricate because it can go really wrong. And so I think they truly understand everything that goes into it after watching these videos. And of course, who doesn't love seeing cute animals in cute little bandages?
1: For sure. For sure. I I couldn't agree more. You know, Dave, we've, we've had an episode on open hospital concept and we've talked about like, obviously that's scary and that's a whole separate discussion, but what better way to educate owners about what we actually do or what we see Then having them be right there and see, Mm -hmm. you know, the catheter put in or see the CPR or whatever the case may be. Otherwise, again, like, you know, they come home with a a small incision and they have no idea. And this is the same. I mean, that's a that's an excellent point that like what better way to educate the owners and and not just about what's all in the bandage, but why Mm -hmm. we have to change it. As, as frequently as we do or that it has to stay on or that it has to stay clean and dry or or all the things, what better way than to actually show them that process being done on their pet?
0: Funny you mentioned about the outside of the bandage is what the what the owners see, right? The first doctor I work with, Dr. Tucker in, in New Hampshire, he would he would do uh he was a, a a GP doctor, but he did everything. He did fracture repairs, he did splenectomies, he did GDVs. He did uh, crew shirt repairs and after every shirt repair, he would put on what he would call a modified Bobby Jones. Um, and he loved, he loved calling <laughs> it that. Um, and he was very meticulous about the way that the bandage lie on the, on the patient. So it looked real, even looked real straight and all that stuff. And I said, why are you being such so anal about this? And he said, cause this is what the owner sees. They don't see all the work I did inside yeah. the knee. They don't see all the bandage underneath. All they see is the outside, which I, I think is super important for people to understand. And then also, you know, looking at your, the pictures on your, on your Instagram, I have to ask, are are you the one that does all that art or is there, do you have, do you source out the art?
2: (laughs) I definitely don't do the art. (laughs) I am. I can do If it's a spiral, if you see a spiral, that's all me, (laughs) but uh, no, I have a buddy out in California who makes them on a cricket he has his own business and he makes bandage art on a cricket if you go to my facebook page you can also check him out at uh, bandageart.com okay and he'll he'll send if you want your hospital to sign up for it he'll send you a subscription box every month he does holiday art he does specialized art
1: it's awesome you guys gotta check him out he's very cool how how long has he been doing that would you say do you know
2: I've been, I know, I actually found him in a wound Facebook page where he posted this cool thing. And I was like, I got to get to know this guy. And so I messaged him. I was like, Hey, I'm starting this thing called Brian's bandages. I want to work with you. And he was like, great, let's do it. And so we've just been kind of sharing each other's stuff That's for the awesome. past couple of years. And it's, he's so talented. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. I ask because um, the, the hospital that I worked at here in Southern California before I moved to New England I worked there for several years and we had vet wrap art that we put on every bandage um, and it was something that we purchased and it, and like just like you're saying like we would get a box of of usually a couple dozen different designs and they were holiday oriented there was an Easter box a Christmas box a Halloween box like all the things. And then we could also like, you know, pick and choose some other stuff. And I'm going back Let's see, this is 2023 now. So I'm going back at least seven or eight years, but, it, but like the owners loved it. We loved like whenever we got a box, cause like we didn't know it was coming. We would just like rifle through there and be like, this one's mine. Like <laughs> when I do a bandage, I get this one or, you know, and, and like, it was just a fun way to dress it up. Right. Like when I was a kid, I never broke a bone. So I never had a cast, but man, I was always like, so jazzed to sign somebody's cast, you know, and this is like kind of our version of that. So I I think that's, that's super cool too, that you've kind of formed that, that, that network. Cause that's again, just another way to take it to another level and, and show off a little bit more creativity. That's super cool. My wife has a cricket and she does all kinds of, Things with it, she makes glasses and mugs and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to start turning her on to some vet wrap art side hustle. <laughs> well,
2: Also, just even looking at the medical side of it, what we found it's not even just putting a cute little patch on. Owners will take better care of their bandage. That's a good point. <laughs> if they have a cute little patch on it, and um, i wanted to do like a, a paper on it because that is a
0: game changer. It's
2: amazing. They would will, they will protect that patch. That two dollar patch to save their life, like before they'll have their dog. They just don't want the e collar uh, bothering their pet. They don't want this. But if you put a donut bandage patch on that bandage, they will. It will be in <laughs> pristine condition next time they come. That in.
0: that I is amazing. That that is such a that's, that's, that's so smart I'm for sure. So smart.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. it's awesome. So anytime I have a trouble uh, patient that always comes in terrible condition, I slap like five of them <laughs> on there <laughs> and just try to ward <laughs> yeah. off the bad juju. Yep. yep. Oh,
0: that, that's um, I, that's that's uh, I never even thought of that. Like, that no. that's so amazing. Uh-uh. That, that's great. So, Brian, before we get too far into our discussion, we're about halfway through now. Why don't we take our quick little break here? We'll pay a couple bills and then we'll be back after the break.
1: The Vet Tech Cafe is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp online therapy will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under forty-eight hours. It's not a
0: crisis line, and it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. That's more affordable than traditional in-person therapy, and financial aid is available.
1: Caffeinators receive ten percent off the first month using betterhelpcom cafe. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. H-E-L-P to join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You can log
0: into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly, video, or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy.
1: Don't take our word for it. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily at betterhelp.com reviews. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash reviews.
0: If you want to take charge of your mental health, visit BetterHelp.com slash cafe and get started today and get 10% off your first month. Be well, caffeinators. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Vet Ke- VetTech Cafe, the podcast that our moms say is the best on the interwebs. <laughs> yes. So, Brian, we just had our ad for BetterHelp, and we like to focus a lot on BetterHelp. Not better help. We like to focus a lot on mental health, and one of the questions we always like to ask our guests is, "How do you manage your own mental health?" You know, you mentioned early on um, some of your stresses with, you know, potentially being burnt out and and kind of stressed out about the job. Uh, So, how do you how do you manage your mental health on a day to day?
2: On a day to day is really I learned just opening up to my wife and just really talking with her about everything that I've been feeling. She's been my absolute rock through. Brian's bandages, through starting a new career, through uh, moving up here. Uh, it's been a really stressful time, but she has been absolutely amazing in helping me through everything. Um, so just really finding that communication uh, with my wife has is- really gotten me through through most of my struggles and
0: is she still working in the in the zoo
2: environment she is yes yes she is uh working at a zoo in dc so
0: you you kind of have the same dynamic that that jeff and i have because our our partners are both veterinarians and i think it's a lot easier when your partner is also not necessarily in the field but like in the field adjacent where you don't have to explain yeah. every little detail about why you're so stressed out because they get it I, I think that's really helpful.
2: Well, It's amazing when we come home and our dogs can't decide who smells better. <laughs> it really, it's a it's a fight for who uh, smells better. And we also, at the end of the day, she she'll say, "Ah, oh, I got poop on my pants." I'm like, "Me too!" <laughs> like we just have so much in common.
1: It, it's it's yet another thing to bond <laughs> over for sure. Exactly,
2: exactly. But no, she definitely gets it.
1: That's awesome. I'm curious if you've have, have if you have seen or you know come across in your time doing this any bandages that have gone horribly wrong due to poor technique or poor bandage or, or wound management. And the reason I ask is I had a case when I was working emergency. I'm going back to probably 2006, 2007, somewhere in that range. And we had a little papillon. It was a little old dude with a radial ulnar fracture. Um, and it was a compound fracture when it initially happened. And it was the, the splint was placed at the RDVM. And they never went back for a bandage change. And they came to us on week seven. And when I unwrapped the bandage, the arm came off oh my the God. bandage. And they came to us because it stunk. And so I started peeling back the layers and literally the forearm came off my hands. Uh, And now that is a very, very obviously extreme example. But that is one that, A, I can still smell. I can still taste. And I I will never forget that. And, And honestly, when it came to me doing bandages and when I was uh, an adjunct professor for veterinary technology and, and teaching bandages, that was a story I always shared because it, it, it can go horribly wrong if you're not careful and, and you're not providing good client education of, of follow-up and all of that. So I'm curious have there been any, obviously, maybe hopefully not to that degree, but anything you've seen where you thought like, man, if I had done that bandage or, or if it had just been done right, like, we could have avoided this whole, like, have you seen any anything go horribly wrong?
2: What's amazing is that was my story. Oh. You took my story. I had the exact same we can, thing. We can
1: edit all that <laughs> out and, and you can me. tell start no. from there and tell your story. Oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> you're saying it, you're talking. And I'm like, am I talking? <laughs> am I listening to my story? <laughs> no. And I like, I ha- trust me. I have, thousands of stories I could go on but that was the one I was going to go to that's amazing and no the one story that I can pivot to is we had this Alaskan Malamute that the owner I don't know what went through their head let their dog go swimming in a lake with a bandage on Uh, in a lake uh, I think I I posted a picture on Brian's bandages at some point I can find it and I'll (laughs) send it to you guys but it was green underneath oh my
1: gosh Oh, my God.
2: The whole second floor of our hospital just stunk, man. And I was like, I don't even know where to begin with this. It was just algae inside. It was just, oh, my God. It was just absolutely awful.
1: I just threw up in my mouth.
2: Yes. I'm <laughs> still, rem- just the thought of it is, to like, just bringing me back. was just terrible. And they, and they, terrible. they actually uh, let the dog go swimming,
0: or did the dog, like, get away and run into the lake?
2: I can't. That was, like, Oof. four years ago. I I think I blacked out when I put the <laughs> yeah. bandage on. Like, it just basically wiped all my memory of any conversations with the owner. I just For tried sure. to block it wow. out of
1: my mind. Do do you, do you remember what had to be done? Like, did they have to amputate or just horrible, like, no the management? No, no, Sage's and... leg.
2: He wow. saved his leg. We just had to really clean it up. Like three blow dryers were going on the leg. Like there's so much shampoo involved. It was. just, well, yeah, because it it's was a Malamute. It's not like it's wow. a
0: short hair dog. It's a.
2: Yeah. Right. It was oh, very fluffy. Gosh. I
0: have a I have a question. It's more of a personal question, not a personal question, like in your personal business, but but personally, I want to know, how do you make an emer sling fit and stay on longer than the patient waking up? <laughs>
2: Once someone finds out and they could let me know, I love, that would be great um, in, in my experience, it's honestly like a 50-50 yeah, 50 50 yeah. shot It's like emer slings are just annoying
1: it's always a bulldog
2: it's always a bulldog, and it's always the most chonky legged bulldog yeah. every
0: time I'm involved in doing one of those i'm like what what are we doing here like why don't we?" We could do, we got time. Let's just do the FHO right now.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think one person put a video out there on the internet on how to make an emersling and no one else knows how to do one. Everyone just goes to that one video. And then at the end of it, we're still like, I still don't really know what I'm doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is there a favorite type of bandage, you know, of, of maybe some of the more common ones that are out there that you really enjoy doing? Or ones, uh, maybe maybe Emer, now that we've kind of peeled that layer of the (laughs) onion back, that you really detest and try to stay away from?
2: I think uh, I love tie-overs. Because tie-overs, you need to be creative because they're not straightforward. Like, it could be in an inguinal area. It could be on a butt. It could be on a face. It could be literally anywhere. And you have to think about all the other just kind of intricacies that go with it. How do I protect this tie-over from being pooped on? How do I make this inguinal tie over mobile enough that he can still use his leg, but sturdy enough that it (laughs) stays together? Hmm. Yeah. So just trying to, how do I get this tie over to stay on this dog's uh, ear that had an abscess Hmm. burst when they shake their head a thousand times a day? It's, I love the thought process and the puzzle of trying to figure out tie overs. And they're extremely satisfying when they look like a little daisy or like a little... Little pocket. I was like, scrolling through it. your
0: Instagram right, be- right before we uh, came on here, and I-, I did see the one where somebody has a daisy on their butt, and I was like, oh, that's a good little tie over there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a little cute thing.
0: And and ag- again, another thing that the owner's going to see that and say, oh, well, I'm going to take really good care of this because this, is, this looks right. amazing. Right. So other than... <laughs> the the mutual story that you and Jeff shared. Do you have any great successes or failures that you want to talk about?
2: I think my favorite wound case to talk about is uh, with a a five year old male a uh, male intact uh, white pit bull named Cyrus, who is was my best friend for a very long time because he decided to have a run in with a bobcat, <laughs> and. It didn't end well for the Bobcat, but it also didn't end well for Cyrus uh, at the at the time. He is perfectly healthy now, but man, he got messed up. <laughs> he pinned the Bobcat and the Bobcat just bunny kicked oh, no. his entire chest and arm. And so from his neck down to his navel and over to his elbow, it just all slipped oh, off, man. all of it. Wow. So we used the vacuum-assisted closure system on him twice, and then I had my favorite tie-over of all time was a tie-over that involved over 50 uh, lap sponges, and it took up that entire... It was all one tie-over, and it looked beautiful, (laughs) but it took us about... two and a half months to heal him up and then he was back to normal Hmm.
1: i I was gonna ask since uh, i mean obviously you know what we want to focus on on brian's bandages and all that but you know you mentioned too kind of some of the wound management stuff i feel like the last 10 years give or take we have come so far in wound management from vacuum assisted closure like you just mentioned to using adjuncts like honey and different things. If you don't mind, maybe just take a couple moments and talk about some of the wound management aspect of things before you even get to bandaging and how important some of that stuff is.
2: Yeah, I think um, I, a contact layer is extremely important. Uh, finding the right contact layer to uh, manage a wound is and trying to figure out what stage of the wound you're at to use the contact layer, like calcium alginate is good for wounds with heavy exudate. honey is good for almost all wounds. I love honey, I will throw that <laughs> stuff on almost anyone. <laughs> uh, but also just trying to figure out that puzzle before you even try and put a bandage on is kind of a little game in its own right. And honestly, like the technology these days, where you have laser therapy, you have different uh, cleaning, you have silvers, you got honey, you got so many tools, so much CE out there to learn about that could really improve your wound management. Like you'll never know it all. It's there's something new every day it seems, and it's very, it's a very exciting. <laughs> not to sound like too much of a wound nerd, but it's a very exciting time for wounds.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Um, You know, somebody we've talked quite a bit about on, on this show, uh, a dear friend of ours, who's no longer with us, Louise O'Dwyer. That was one of her favorite things to talk about and lecture about was wound management because, and I'm going back, you know, five or six years at at Ibex and different things and nobody else was talking about it. And, And she was in our world, the authority on it. And, I mean, like it was fascinating to me because it was it was never anything you heard anything about. I mean, obviously, we all learned bandaging in tech school, and and you know you maybe all of us or some of us have had those cases that have gone wrong, and so you know it's really important you have to do it right. And some it's one of those things I think a lot of people love it or hate it, but the wound management portion of it I think is like a, a really poorly and and maybe hopefully it's a lot better now, but was a poorly understood facet of it. I mean, I remember so many times thinking back to my early days in this field where I'm sure we made things so much worse by not having the contact mm-hmm. layer right and peeling off, you know, layers that we actually wanted there because we, frankly, I certainly didn't know any better. We, you know, we didn't have anybody on staff that knew any better. And it, it, it's such a, I think it's still an emerging area. And, and I'm, I'm so glad to see that there are there is a good resource out there and good CE content now because, unless you're going to like a, a David, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, we we both you you go to probably more conferences than I do now. But unless you're going to like a specific CE on right. managing or wound management, it's it's not no, out there. I mean, lot. you
0: probably I, I'm guessing that the the one that that we never go to the the surgeons conference.
1: Sure, I, I'm sure there are there, but it, it almost has to be a lab. Yeah. I, I mean, it really yeah. does. Um, but it's still so important. And, you know, you, you, Brian, working in a surgery center where you're doing, you know, probably a lot of orthopedics and a lot of post-operative care, like obviously you're doing it all the time, but there's a lot of us that work ER or general practice. And maybe we do one to two bandages a year and don't, don't get a lot of practice. Don't get a lot of knowledge. So it's, it's really great to see that, that there are some resources out there.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. Like, and it's tough. Like I, I always wanted to help the ER whenever I could because I know that they get extremely backed up and everything. But bandaging and wound management really is such a hands on learning. Like it's an awkward bandaging's awkward for everyone involved. And so until it feels right by just repetition, you're not gonna feel comfortable with it. But when you only have like one or two come in, or you guys are swamped, and you're unable to find time to do it, because uh, no one has time to do it. It's it's really tough to learn how to bandage unless you're doing it all the time. Like I will completely agree. Well, with and
0: that. also thinking just being the ER tech that that we are a a bandage change is stable and it's not something that we're going to rush to and right. also like like Jeff said we probably do a couple a year. So it's it's not something that's in our our wheelhouse to do all the time. Um so I think it's important to have somebody like you around to 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 do that not only to just do the task we don't want to do but maybe educate people on how to do
1: it but i will say right. once when the hospital i used to work at once we started getting those vet wrap art designs <laughs> and everybody to wanted yeah. to do bandages yeah. <laughs> like like you were saying brian like it's it i'm sure those now i totally see those owners probably took excellent care of those bandages we never saw them again of course but like right. man when we had those cool designs we wanted to use everybody wanted yep. to do those yep. bandages, and <laughs> you wanted the credit oh yeah. you wanted the yeah. credit yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely you wanted to carry that 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 dog back up to the owner and and yep. like you wanted that yeah reaction. yeah oh yeah I like no getting, no big deal I love we just getting cut that up reaction. back
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i just i just threw on this giant octopus <laughs> like i know this bandage only took 20 minutes that you've been waiting for but i just it's something i just yeah. looked up you
1: know the bandage was 30 seconds the rest of it was cutting me cutting out jack skellington <laughs> i mean <laughs>
2: exactly exactly
0: um Brian we're we're talking a lot about you like giving instructional videos and and doing all that kind of stuff. Have you ever thought of like doing or or maybe have um to do like a lab at a conference or or even just give a lecture at a conference? Is that something that's in your in your capability of doing?
2: I would love to do that. I've never been to a conference what? before. What? Okay. We'll, oh we'll, wow. We'll put yeah, you wow. in touch with some I've people. I've never <laughs> been to a conference. Yeah. That'd be great. Yes, it's something I'm very interested in doing cuz I I love teaching. Like I thoroughly enjoy have enjoyed doing brian's bandages answering questions i work with this uh this group out in afghanistan called war pause and they just have dogs and cats that are in war torn countries and they have all these wounds and they don't have access to the materials that i do so i work with them about once a month or they send me a message when they have a question on what's the best way to bandage this here's what we yeah. have and so I'll work with them and try and figuring it out. Like I love walking through all these puzzles with That's all amazing. these awesome people. Uh, so I would love to speak at a conference.
1: We have been talking for 45 minutes and you just now bring up that you do something like that. <laughs>
2: I mean, that? come Talk on.
1: More about that. That's
2: awesome. <laughs> How did that even come about? I honestly don't even know. I think <laughs> I just like, when I started out, I just started like following, like looking for all these like cool web, like vet web pages. And then I, so I started just uh, posting the videos and stuff. And then someone that I followed, uh, it was Warpaws, ended up following me back. And then they shot me a message and was like, we've been watching your videos and our doctors have been training off of your videos. You've helped us so much. We have this tricky wound case. Can you help? And I remember I like screamed. (laughs) I was like, this was early on (laughs) in Brian's bandages. And I thought that was the absolute coolest thing ever. And um, I've developed some really good relationships with them. And so it, it's, it's, I love that's doing it.
1: awesome. Talk about impact. Like, I, I mean, that's... I know, right? That is so, so cool. I, I love hearing stuff like that. That is so awesome.
0: Just to, to be the, the old man in the room, like 15 years ago, that would never be possible because social media was not a thing. No,
2: right. Right, right. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's crazy. I just hop on a Zoom call and I'm all of a sudden across yeah, the, across the ocean helping wow. this facility that houses over like 500 dogs. It's crazy wow. over wow. there.
1: Wow. Well, we're, we're getting close to our hour, so I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I'm curious if there's anything else we haven't covered yet. Other than that last beautiful nugget, of, <laughs> I
0: know, right? <laughs> of
1: war pause that you were talking about that, that we haven't covered that you want to kind of get out to our listeners or, or you know, other cool stories you want to tell, talk about anything like that.
2: Genuinely, I love teaching.
1: If you guys
2: ever want specific content, I'll work on an emer sling. I'll see <laughs> if I can figure it out. Um, I'm all. I'm always looking to better myself and to learn. So if I if you guys can teach me, I love teaching you, I want to learn everything I can. And I really genuinely enjoy doing this. So I would really love for people to yeah, to follow along.
1: Absolutely. We're, we're going to post on on the the notes of this, you know, all of your channels for people to, to tune into and follow along. And, and hopefully somebody will reach out to you for some instructional stuff, too. Because I, I can't I can't think of a hospital out there unless, again, you know, you're talking about a surgery center, and even then, still maybe, mm-hmm. but like, I can't think of a hospital out there that doesn't need some help with wound management right. and bandaging. I mean, it's just, it's just well, like, good.
0: like we've, like we've been talking yeah. about it. It's the content is just not out there to, to educate. Yeah. Other than what, Bri- what, other than yeah. what Brian's exactly. been doing. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love what I do and I love, um, helping people out. So I'm happy That's to awesome. do that.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Is there a person or another topic that you would like us to talk to on an upcoming episode of the Vet Tech Cafe? This is this is where we we uh, outsource our uh, talent talent content for for our guests to tell us who we need to talk to.
2: Uh, I don't have anyone specifically, but I would love if there's any zoo technicians okay. out there. I would love to hear their stories. I'm sure that they have some crazy awesome stories. So any zoo tech not uh that techs want to reach out to the caffeinators i would love to tune into that episode
1: yeah maybe we should we we uh we did one episode and this was a couple years ago now with mark Romanowski. uh and maybe we maybe we need to circle back with him again or or what have you because that the two of us were just like kids in a candy store like if you haven't uh, stories yeah 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 definitely (laughs) if you haven't heard that one definitely check that one out because it's it, it that's i feel like that was the whole hour was him telling yeah. Cool stories about engineering different things to make current right. parts and pieces we have for small animals, work for gorillas or In- tigers. Intubating or elephants. It was, it That's was,
2: so cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and maybe it's just time to circle back oh, and yeah. do another one of those because – I was, it, yeah, yeah i gotta was... go watch i'll go listen to that right now well
0: because
2: yeah, uh, wasn't
0: he going for his vts and Zoomed?
1: he was so, so maybe by yeah, now that maybe st- or maybe still working on the maybe still working on the application i honestly don't remember now but
0: but maybe by now that's completed and and we can can
1: yeah. figure out how that went
0: all right brian now it's time for your would you rather question are you ready for it Let, well let's you get to it. pick you pick one two or three i've got three options for you you gotta pick which one you want all right
2: let's go right in the middle let's go let's go two
0: Number two, all right. This this one's from I think this is from your book, Jeff, isn't it?
1: (laughs) I think it is, yes. (laughs) We'll thank we'll thank Judy for this question.
0: (laughs) Would you rather your food always be too hot or you have no knees? Okay,
2: that was a huge curveball there at the end. (laughs) I was like, too hot or too cold. Definitely too hot. Like I got it. Like too like too hot, but no knees. Like I use those. (laughs) <laughs> a lot, like they're they're definitely not as good as they used to be. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah,
1: I just, my question is is in this field, how do you get up off the floor? Or work from working on patients if you have no knees, right? Like, are 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 you just soft tissue from the, or, or do you have you still have, I guess have femurs and tibias and fibulas, so you just like maybe don't have.
0: But it would just be, wouldn't it, just be fused together?
1: I, I yeah, it's a straight just leg. Like legs. I think my gut is going.
2: I want my food too hot because then I'll, I'll just lose the sense of taste. And I'd rather lose the sense of taste than the <laughs> use of my knees. My, so I think my, my, my answer is going to go too hot.
0: Yeah, I'd probably go with that too. But my, my thought process of, of like I'm, – I'm always trying to find the loopholes in my own would-you-rathers. And the loophole right. for this one would be that, well, I can't get on the floor anymore because right. I don't have any
2: knees. There you go. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Like I can, yeah, I can I barely get, down get down off there. the yeah. floor now with <laughs> knees. Like there's no way I'm getting up off the floor without knees.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I used to do that all the time. Like I am six foot six and if something hit the floor, that wasn't something that I didn't immediately need. I I would just leave it there until I dropped three or four things over the course of two or three hours. And once I got down then I could kind of shuffle over and pick up everything that I had dropped and get back up one time. It, you figure out how to make Hearing more. you say yeah. that Jeff makes me
0: wonder how much stuff is under your fridge right now.
1: That's a great question. Uh, under my fridge. Like if you drop oh, it you're
0: just going to kick it.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I I mean I live in an apartment though. Yeah, you'll they'll they'll, find it, when you'll we find move it in power. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere somebody will find it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Brian, thank you so much for taking some time out uh, to talk to us about this. Really enjoyed the episode. Some some really, really cool stuff. Thank you so much. Um, caffeinators, if you don't already, definitely subscribe to Brian's Bandages on YouTube. Follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and also... Uh, Brian, if I could also get you to say one more time the name of the rap artist, just so we can send some traffic there, too.
2: Absolutely. Uh, bandageart.com. Uh, follow them on Instagram and Facebook. Bandage Artists. They're amazing. Yeah. They'll take your bandages to the next level. It's super cool. Absolutely.
1: Thank you so much for that. So, again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we'll try to find maybe some some teaching stuff to put you yeah. in touch with, too, because um, people are always looking for great stuff, and, and we get contacted quite a bit for that. So. If we hear or see anything, we'll definitely um, send them your way. Thank you so much. Keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome. Um, and we really, really appreciate this.
2: Thank you guys so much. I've had so much fun talking with you guys, and this has been absolutely a blast. <laughs>
1: cool. All right. Well, Caffeinators, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Bet Tech Cafe. And as always, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, guys. Hello, caffeinators. We wanted to thank Dog Days Consulting for managing our social media and helping with the interior design here at the Vet Tech Cafe. They don't just do social media. They can help you identify your brand through brand coaching. The founder is a CVPM with 15 years' experience in veterinary practice management. They are a small business proudly serving the veterinary community, and we are thrilled to be working with them. Check them out at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. Hey, caffeinators! We would like to thank you for listening to the Vet Tech Cafe podcast today. As everybody is well aware by now, we often talk about difficult issues that face our profession. In addition, we chat with colleagues and leaders in our field who have strong opinions of these issues. Those opinions expressed by either Dave or Jeff as the hosts, or those opinions expressed by our guests, are their opinions alone and do not represent any other person, business, institution, or any other entity inside or outside of the scope of veterinary medicine. If you have any any questions relating to this, please email us at vettechcafe at gmail.com or visit our website www.vettechcafe.com. Lastly, whatever platform you utilize to hear our dulcet tones, please rate and review our podcast and like and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages as well to see what we're up to. From all of us at the Vet Tech Cafe, have yourself a great day.